we are celebrating two years of God's wonderful work in our midst at this little church that could, that we call the harbor. And I'm just really honored that you're here on behalf of the leadership team. We just welcome you, and we're so glad. And we just want to share a little bit today about who we are and kind of what God's been doing in our midst. Um, If people around you look slightly disoriented, that's okay. The reason is because they are, because this is the first time we've ever faced this direction, right? You know, one thing you learn as a pastor is that sometimes change in a church is difficult. So we used to be facing this way, now we're facing this way. Everyone get used to it? Okay, ask your neighbor, are you disoriented? Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, now we're all facing the right way, that's great. Well, two years ago, there were seven of us, okay? Seven of us got together and said, Lord, we had a little training. It wasn't just totally spontaneous. We said, God, what do you want to do on the North Shore? It seems like you want to birth something that has a certain flavor. And God, what is the flavor of the thing that you want to birth? And we believe that he spoke to us out of Isaiah 42. And specifically in verse 3, it says that a bruised reed he won't break and a smoldering wick he won't snuff out. And I don't know about you, but there's been enough times in my Christian walk where I just feel like I'm done, you know? My light is out. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a broken reed. Lord, I am done. <clears throat> Maybe you're familiar with, uh, anyone know the hymn, um, Oh, love that will not let me go. You know that one? <clears throat> Kelsey and I, um, where Kelsey and I, my wife, Kelsey, everyone say, hey, Kelsey. There she is. Kelsey and I met doing Young Life, and so we had a great time this summer taking a road trip to, uh, out to the Midwest to visit family, then on the way back we stopped at a favorite spot of ours, which was Lake Champion in um, uh, New York, and uh, we sat down into the, to the little club is what they call it, and uh, this hymn came up, and, uh, and around the harbor we, we like to say that when people start to weep we say they get, t- they get touched, so I got touched, I got a little touched by this hymn. And uh, I, I just want to read the second verse to you. It says, O light that followest all my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray, that in thy sunshine's blaze, its day, might may brighter, fairer be. And as I said, we, we believe this Isaiah 42 passage, you know, that, that God takes a smoldering wick and he breathes life into it again. That's what I need. My flame goes out. My flicker for the Lord gets done. But this is the good news, that Jesus and his mercy wants to rebirth that, and that's actually a pleasure for him. Another part of the Isaiah 42 passage that we really identify with is it says that he will bring justice to the nations. In fact, it says that he won't get crushed, or he won't stop, basically, until he establishes justice in the whole earth. And we believe that one of the ways that God wants to establish justice on the earth is by just doing this, what you're experiencing right now in every locale. You know, we just prayed for Sri Lanka, and like you notice, there's 35,000 villages. There's nothing like this going on, and that hurts our heart. We want to say, Lord, what do you want to do so that every villager in Sri Lanka, every person in North and South America, Asia, Europe, Africa, let every person have a chance to hear the good news about Jesus. That's a thing that we have in our heart. That's why we're doing the training school. We have a training school called Navigate. We want to equip people to do it. But these are the things. These are the dreams that God's put in our hearts. So I'm just so glad you're here. You, you chose a great Sunday to come. It's our, it's our second year anniversary. We're just, having, we're just having a good time. Can we have a good time today? Is that okay? A little bit? Come on. Let's have a good time. 
Awesome. God loves you. He just wants a relationship with you. He wants to include you in his purposes. That's what's wonderful about all this. So I just figured the best way for us to kind of celebrate two years um, is to look at where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Okay? Everyone good with that? Where we've been. Let me tell you where we've been. Everyone say, where we've been. Right? Well, as I said, two years ago, the last Sunday in August in 2007, there were seven of us. Okay? And there was nothing going on in this gym. Okay? This was an empty gym. Sundays, this YMCA is closed. We met actually at the very apartment where you're going to, some of you college students, if you want to have the barbecue with us. We met at Sarah's apartment and, and, uh, in, in, in the home and Sunday evening and just said, Lord, do this with, with, with us what you will. One of the best ways to explain where we've been is to talk about uh, Paul's words when he was speaking uh, to the Romans about Abraham. He was telling them about Abraham's faith. And he's saying how because Abraham believed God, it was credited to him as righteousness. And in that whole little explanation, he drops this one-liner that I love. Romans 4.17, it says, As it is written, a father, speaking of Abraham, a father of many nations, I have made you in the sight of him who he believed even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. This is the God we serve. He's the God who calls into being things which do not exist, okay? As I said two years ago, this was an empty gem. And now look at this. Look what God's doing, okay? This is a God thing. There's a really similar line of thinking that Paul takes in 1 Corinthians. I want to read a little bit from it because let me tell you, our team, our leadership team is not the wisest, most wealthy, most strong, most biblically trained team in the world, but we've got a passion for Jesus. And I don't think that bothered people like Paul, okay? It bothers people today, but Paul wasn't bothered by that. He says, for consider your calling, he's speaking to the Corinthians, for consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. Seven weak people got together two years ago and said, Lord, what are your dreams? Weakness, okay? We, we, we kind of recoil at weakness, but God doesn't. He, says, he sees weakness as an opportunity to magnify his son. Because later on it says that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in who? Boast in the Lord. Okay, boast in the Lord. Everyone say the Lord. The Lord. Right? If we're going to boast, we're going to boast in the Lord. Because there's nothing strong going on up here from the front except the Lord Jesus himself. So that's where we've been. Now, why am I telling you this? Okay? I'm telling you this not just so you can go, ooh, nice church, great. I can feel good, you know, good job. But I'm saying because I think that for every single one of you in this room, God has a faith dare, a faith challenge that he wants you to take. Okay? Too often in our Christian mindset, we say, oh, I'm a good musician. I've studied music, so I'm going to get up and give my music. Can I just be really honest with you? I don't mean to burst your bubble or hurt your pride, but God doesn't need your musical talent. Okay? He doesn't need my speaking ability, if I have any. Right? He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need anything. But what he's looking for is for weak vessels. You see what I'm saying? Yet? Can I have an amen, Josh? Okay, right? He's looking for weak vessels. <clears throat> and so I, I wonder, you know, what faith dare is God calling you to? It may be in the thing that you're trained in, but regardless of whether or not that's the truth, first there's a heart issue that needs to get dealt with. And that heart, heart issue is God doesn't need me, but out of his great pleasure, he's going to let me take part in his purposes. Amen? 
He wants to let you take part in his purposes, but it's not because of your strength. On the contrary, it's because of your weakness. That's where we've been. The best way to describe where we are is to tell you that there's, there's an old chorus, an old hymn that says, God gives us marvelous comrades, okay? Marvelous comrades. Everyone say marvelous comrades. Okay? We're not just talking about Soviets. That's just a word for friends, okay? Marvelous comrades. And as best we can tell, the writer of this song was actually getting that from Psalm 16. Okay, and in verse 3 it says, The saints, these are the ones are in whom is all my delight. All my delight is in the saints. These are guys I love to be with, right? Or we could also look at some other places. There's plenty of instances in the scripture of marvelous comrades. Say David and Jonathan being another. But Paul also is really clear about kind of having true comrades, right? And whenever Paul talked about a true comrade, he wasn't just talking about someone who uh, like hung out at the praetorium with them, whatever they do in, in those uh, days. But Paul, for, for Paul, a true comrade was someone who shared his struggles in the gospel, okay? Shared with him the pain of trying to see the church birthed in the ancient world, okay? That was a true comrade for him. And I just want to tell you, I've got some awesome comrades, okay? Kelsey and I, We've got some marvelous friends. Can I introduce you to some of my friends? I really want to introduce you to some of these friends. And again, you know, you've come on the second year anniversary, so I'm going to brag about our staff. I'm going to brag about our, the people that God's brought to us, but these are marvelous, marvelous comrades. But I need to tell you something, too, on this weakness thing. Marvelous comrades don't always start out marvelous, <laughs> okay? Starting with me. I'm not the most fun guy to be around, especially when I'm in a bad mood, right, honey? Kelsey knows. The leadership team has learned that slowly over years, right? I'm not always the, the most fun person to be around. Let's just back up a little bit, honey. And um, I want to tell you about um, the, uh, some of you who know me, besides you know the fact that I can get in a bad mood. When I'm in a good mood, it's because I'm probably watching one of my favorite movies, which is The Miracle. Anyone seen The Miracle? That gets me in a good mood, okay? Josh Booth, who's playing guitar up here, we still have to watch this together. I don't know where you are. Yes, okay. We've been trying to do that for a year. Okay. In the miracle, right? This is the story of the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. Okay? Decades of Soviet dominance on the Olympic ice rink. All right? And Herb, I just forgot his last name. What's the coach's name? Herb something. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Coach Lindland. Good. Herb Brooks. Herb Brooks, his task is to get together a team and kind of dream the impossible dream. Can we beat the Soviets? Right? But what has he got to work with? He's got to work with guys who are coming from BU, Boston University, who, by the way, all you college hockey fans, just won the title this last spring again. Yes, Ben Check Davis, excited? Okay. And guys from, like, University of Minnesota, right? And there's bad blood between BU and the, uh, what are they, the Gophers? I don't know. Any Midwesterners? Is that what they are? Gophers? Yeah, Badgers is Wisconsin. Okay. So between BU Terriers, and these Minnesota guys, there was bad blood. I mean, they've been in championship games where they've given each other a hard time. Okay, there's been some serious checking, some wounding. And Herb Brooks's task is to get these guys to start to act like a team. And as that process happens, you know, kind of one of those great one-liners, he says, you guys, you know, you need to care more about the thing that's on the front of your jersey, USA, than the name that's on your back. And Herb Brooks just did a great job of doing that because as... You all know, I think it was February of 1980, in a miracle game, the U.S. beat the Soviets, okay? 
Marvelous comrades came together. They didn't start out that way, but they got that way because they had to. Did not the same thing happen with Jesus and his disciples? I think so, right? You had guys, for those of you guys who kind of study the personalities and the background of of Jesus' 12 closest followers, you had guys who are really religiously at odds with each other. It'd be like having an Armenian and a Calvinist in the same group, right? Okay, today. Okay, there are some religious differences. There are personality differences. There are some socioeconomic differences. But Jesus spends some time with them, makes some marvelous comrades. And as you know, the reason you're sitting here is because 12 guys, 11, said yes to Jesus and became marvelous comrades. Anyways, let me introduce you to some of my marvelous comrades Kelsey and I get to hang out with. I just want these guys to raise their hands. I don't want to embarrass them. And again, I'm just bragging on them because these are my friends. These are the people I get to walk with. And I'm so glad it wouldn't have happened if I just stayed doing what I was doing before. But God's called me to walk with some wonderful friends. Sarah DeBear, where are you? She's probably counting money. There she is. Sarah DeBear! Okay. She's good. Yeah. We've got to go through a few, so you might want to wait. But I'll, I'll, let you do what you, I'll let you do what you want to do. Sarah Fulton. Awesome. Sarah Fulton, thank you. My best friend in the whole world. She's seven months pregnant. We are expecting our first child on October 21st, Kelsey Hubacher. Now, these friends have given me everything, including the shirts off their back, i.e. air conditioners and air conditioners, other large items that I won't go into right now. But Jim and Bonnie, Miriam, where are you? Jim's here. Where's Bonnie? She's with the kids. She's with the kids. Okay. At Boston Medical Center, they call her the Lion Tamer. She's a nurse. They do, because she's really good with like, these characters that come in, these really tough cases. But now she's a school nurse, so we decided yesterday that they call her the Cub Lion Tamer. Is that right? <laughs> Megan Pelletier's in the doorway. Megan, you say hey. All the way back from Sri Lanka, almost graduated Gordon Conwell. John Prickett. And finally, recently married in the wonderful country of Guatemala, Joshua E. Erika Sturgeon. Why don't you guys wave? Okay. So God's putting together an all-star team. Listen, we're weak, but I'll tell you what we do. We love on each other. We spend time together. And then once a month for sure, we get together and we say, Lord, what are you saying to the church? We pray. We worship. We say, God, what are you saying? And we pray for you. We pray for many of you by name. We say, Lord, help this one. Help that one. Okay. I just, let, let, let's look at the staff. You don't have to clap for each one, but I just, a lot of these leadership team kind of acting as our elders are also on staff. Our staff is growing. It's wonderful. Just so you can see some of their roles, right? Let me just go through this. DeBear, she helps with the finances. She's also the adult section leader, right? We have small groups. They're grouped in sections. Sarah's doing that. Ben Forsberg, you can clap for him because we didn't, we didn't do that yet. Maybe we did, but yeah. Ben, our youth intern. Okay. Sarah Fulton, helping us with our communication and helping with college. She's a college section leader, wonderful. And then Bonnie Miriam leads our, she's coordinating the children's ministry. Beth Price, let's clap for her. Did you see that painting? Okay. She, with me, is helping our, our, our discipleship and church planting school. John Prickett has come on board as our college pastor, and Joshua Sturgeon is our worship pastor, okay? Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, it's okay. All-star staff, let me just inter- uh, tell you about a few other people, and then I'll tell you there's a point to this, okay, besides just celebrating how good God is to us, all right? 
So you know we're covered. You know, we, we are people of relationship. That's kind of where I'm headed with this whole thing is. So we are covered. We have accountability from the church that we are sent from, Community of Faith in Brighton, which is a neighborhood of Boston, Mass. So their whole leadership team, the pastor of that church I've been walking with for over 15 years. He's a friend of mine. They advise us. And then also locally, you saw a man with the camera. If you're feeling self-conscious, don't. don't. Where's, where's Brant there? Brant and Charlotte. Gillespie, Charlotte, come on. There you go. Brant and Charlotte. Good. They help us keep accountable. Also because, you know, especially in this day and age, integrity with finances is so important. We've got a budget committee that helps us out. Keith Kras, where are you, Keith? He's assistant coach for the basketball team. He's in Chicago with his family. Jaron Lanou, where's Jay today? Jay here? There he is in the doorway. Jay Lanou. Okay. Phil, where's Phil Masterson? Also a region graduate. There you go. Working in the work world, Phil Masterson. Okay? And I would be remiss... Uh, one of our kind of uber shepherds, he's actually, he's just an incredible faith group leader, and because he's doing so good, we promote him to section leader, he's going to pastor many faith groups, Josh Booth, and uh, if you, this would be kind of fun for me, if you have ever led, or if you think you led a faith group, or if you're an intern, would you just raise your hand, I just want to see all our faith group leaders, just raise your hand, yeah, let's give it up for these guys, okay? <laughs> Okay, what is my point with all this, besides just celebrating what God's doing? It is to underline to you that we are a people of relationship, okay? The business world already has got it down, right? Relationship is everything, right? Relationship is everything, okay? Honey, yeah, we can... Relationship is everything, okay? And uh, you, everything that we do, we have have a saying around here, and one of our sayings is, uh, relationship trumps structure, Right? We're trying to figure out things you know, on the team. We're trying to dream, like, hey, what structure is going to best facilitate the ministry that God's given us to do? And the bottom line is relationship trumps structure. So we do these small groups because we believe that's where you're going to really grow in Christ. Right? There are all these one another scriptures, love one another, forgive one another, bear with each other. Right? And those happen best not here, okay? Because there's not a lot of interaction going on right here except between me and all of you or whoever's up front, right? But when you get in a group of 5, 6, 10, 15, and you walk with them over a, over a while, that gives you the opportunity to love, forgive, bear. And I want you in relationships, okay? I want you in the same relationships. God has marvelous comrades for you. But the question is, will you stay in the game long enough, okay? Another thing that we talk about in our leadership team is this whole circle. And it's a circle of conflict and intimacy. Conflict and intimacy, okay? I think the reason most church plants... Most missionaries, most Christian endeavors, a lot of them fall apart. It's because whoever's at the center of it, they don't get through that loop, right? They get to conflict, and they just back off and say, ooh, okay, see you later, or, you know, whatever, uh, peace, you know, I can't deal with you, blah, blah, blah. And how many things are shipwrecked? How many things are shipwrecked because of silly stuff like that? But we've decided as a leadership team... If we're going to model this for you guys, we, we got to, right? We're, every, when we get into conflict, we press through and we say, okay, how do we get through this? Let's clear the air. Why are you mad at me? Why are you mad at me? Same reason he is. She is. Okay, let's do it. Let's get on the table, right? And we just have to do it, right? That's maturity and that's what God's after, right? We talked about that all last year. Maturity comes through that. So my question for you today is who is God calling you to walk with, Right? Ooh, I just want you to enjoy relationships like we do. Okay, it's God's plan for your life, and it's wonderful. Okay, that's where we are. Where are we going? Everyone say, where are we going? Oh, let me tell you where we're going. This is fun. 
<clears throat> okay, where we are going. Well, can't, don't get too comfortable, okay? We start in weakness. We're going to keep going in weakness, okay? I'm sorry to say, we're going to keep being weak before the Lord. <clears throat> I'll get back to that. The thing that I want to communicate now is um, I want to share a verse, okay? And um, this verse, I've got to give you a little context first. Because this verse kind of encapsulates where we're going. Jesus, you know him, some of you, many of you. He was a good man, and he was the son of God. So one day, he was uh, pursued by a religious man. This religious man was a little bit afraid of what other people thought of him, right? And so instead of coming to Jesus in the daytime, he came to him at night. Right? I always like to talk about Nick at night is what I call him. Nicodemus comes to Jesus <laughs> at night. And he shows up. And, you know, in Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, a lot of really profound things come. One of them is a scripture that you know very well, right? But it blew his mind, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but have eternal life. Well, that blew Nicodemus away because the religious man, he knew that salvation was only for the Jews. And here comes Jesus saying, for whosoever, right? Blows his mind. Well, a few verses before that, in that dialogue, Jesus says this. He says, the wind blows wherever it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So it is, so is everyone born of the Spirit. Okay? Can I just say it again? The wind blows wherever it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So it is, or so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And I got good news for you. If you've accepted Jesus, if you're following Him, then you're born of the Spirit. Does everyone say, I'm born of the Spirit? Say that. Yeah, you're born of the Spirit. And here, you know, in this context, Jesus is trying to explain to Nicodemus that it's not just being religious, it's not just by, you know, crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's that you get to know the Lord, but that there's a spiritual thing that goes on, right? And I think that there's a spiritual thing that God wants to do in our midst, okay? There's a spiritual thing that God wants to do. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going with the flow, Okay, this is our, our, where we're headed this fall. We're going with the flow. We're talking about life in the Spirit. Everyone say, go with the flow. Go, go with the flow. Life in the Spirit. To be more specific, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to explore the person of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do it. We're going to look at the book of John, okay? Because Jesus revealed a lot about the Holy Spirit in John. We're going to look at John's epistles, right? We're going to look at um, Paul's letters, and if we have time, we'll look at the historical book of Acts, okay? But listen, I've been in this long enough, two years is long enough, to say that as soon as I say the two words, Holy Spirit, okay, ooh, <laughs> ah, <clears throat> all sorts of things are going off in your minds, right? We've got this crowd over here, I don't know if you're actually here physically, but you've got this crowd over here that's like, had wonderful experience with the Holy Spirit, you've had a real kind of teaching about the Holy Spirit, and you're kind of anxious about like, hey, how come people aren't speaking in tongues and prophesying like I am? You know what I'm saying? What's wrong with you people? You know, get with it. You guys aren't spiritual, right? We got you guys. Then I've got a little crew over here, and you guys are like, whoa, slow it down. And maybe you're here today, and even the worship was just a little uncomfortable for you, because I don't know. And uh, 
You know, this, this, there's got kind of a crowd over here. We love babies. Don't we, honey? That's going to be us in two months, so let's get used to it, okay? Okay. Ooh. So you have this crowd over here that maybe even without knowing it, and I have total respect for it, I just want you to hear this. Maybe without knowing it, you've, you've grown up where the, um, the kind of the, the teaching on this subject is really a teaching that's only been around, crystallized for about a hundred or so years. But it's this teaching that all the kind of miraculous side of the Holy Spirit stopped with the canonization of Scripture, okay? I respect you, I respect your opinion, but I have to say as a leadership team, we just don't find that scripturally accurate, okay? Then my hunch is that most of you are kind of in this middle place where it's like, hey, I know I feel guilty when I sin. That's probably the Holy Spirit, you know? Uh, you know, I know that when I say Father, Son, in order to complete the sentence, I should say Holy Spirit, you know? And maybe you have done some, some look, or maybe you're familiar with certain passages, right? But, you know, when, when, when there is kind of talk of more of the supernatural things, it, it can get, it's just, whoa, you know? Even the words, like those two words I said earlier, right? The T word, tongues, the P word, prophesy. Or when you hear those things, ah, you get a little nervous. Understandable, understandable. So here's what we're believing. We're saying, God, you've told us what we need to know about this third wonderful person in the Trinity all in here, and so we want to know it. We're going to walk through John, John's letters, Paul's letters, and Acts and say, God, show us who the Holy Spirit is. Is that okay? Can we do that together? Okay, and let's all just take it easy. Okay? Can we all just relax on that? Because actually, John Prickett, our college pastor, most likely this fall is going to preach on how one of the Holy Spirit's job is to unify and isn't it funny that when you get to the person of the Holy Spirit, that's where people get really divided. I'm saying, oh, Lord, I know that grieves you that we're all divided, okay? And we're the ones who mess it up, you and me, okay? We mess it up. But the Holy Spirit, he's a unifier. We're going to let him unify us. We're going to let him bring us, this church, the harbor, 2009, to where he wants to, okay? And we're going to walk through it together with this as our God, okay? When Jesus was on the earth, he often uh, used things in nature and other things to kind, kind of common cultural things to illustrate some of his points. And so I'd just like to do that right now. And uh, just briefly, when I think of where we're going, there's two kind of images that strike me. One of them was an image, and these are all kind of over the summer as a leadership team. We were praying, Lord, what do you have for us this fall? One of them was a picture. This is a little bit goofy, but just I'm a goofy guy, so just deal with it, okay? But a picture of a house. A house represented our church. But this house had an identity issue and thought it was a bird, so it had two wings, okay? So this house has two wings, and one wing is really strong and beautiful and sleek and excellent, okay? And the other wing was a little runt wing, okay, like this. Want me to do that again? There it is, okay. <laughs> so, and as God's speaking to us, the big wing was, and I talked to you guys who were with us two weeks ago, we, we touched on this briefly, but the big wing is kind of like the wing of teaching, like, when we look at the North American church, okay, we have no shortage of good teaching, okay? Click, click. If you're hungry for something, click, click, you're there. I listen to John Piper online. I love John Eldridge online, your ransomed heart and all that. And I get fed. I get good teaching really easily, okay? So in North America, there's no shortage of, like, solid teaching. But the little wing is this wing of our facility in the spirit, okay? The whole rest of the world is really comfortable with the person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, like the non-Western world seems to be pretty comfortable. It's us, Westerners, who have a little hard time with the person of the Holy Spirit. And we just feel like God wants to take this little wing and develop it at His pace and His timing. 
and uh, teach us all about who this person is. And so that's what we're going to be about this fall. Another picture that I got is um, just a pretty simple one. From time to time, some of you know that I like to uh, get away. And what I do is I go to a monastery, actually in Harvard, Mass. It's about an hour and a half away from here. And uh, it's not, you know, when you think of monastery, you might think of stone, uh, you know, whatever, monks, this deal. There are monks, there are brothers there. But it's a very New England-looking property. It's uh, kind of a white colonial buildings. And uh, it's, it's just a, it's where I go when I have to get fed and fueled so I can love Jesus better, so I can love my wife better, so I can love the church better, and I just need to get refueled. And I try to do about once every three months, take a day or two or three. So I was there in August, and God was just putting this scripture on my heart for us, right? The wind blows wherever it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. You don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I say, ooh, okay, Lord, I feel you. There's something going on here. Show me, teach me. And as I was walking away, this is a beautiful property, and uh, kind of walking down the hill, there's a, behind the property is this huge hill that goes into a, a river basin, and around the river there's, there's trees. And actually, not unlike this picture that uh, we're about to show. This isn't it, but it's pretty close. Really, ironically, this is really funny. I see some of you guys who are in ROTC. Uh, what's really funny is um, across the river is Fort Devens. And, uh, you know, I've been going there since 2000, but especially after 2003 when we uh, invaded Iraq, like, you know, I'll, I'll be, like, chilling in the forest. Jesus, you're awesome. In the background, <laughs> there's, like, there. You guys, you guys who have been there know, you know, they're doing their war games and ammunition. It's all lots of fun. So thank you, Lord. <coughs> Anyways, I have to focus. Anyway, so I'm going down the hill, and uh, there is a gentle breeze. There's a gentle breeze. And... Uh, I'll tell you, one tree, let's just say this one, this one right here, one tree, it happened to be a birch tree, one tree was bending with the wind, like clearly uh, in, in a way apart from every other tree. In other words, I could see the wind was blowing, but few trees, in fact, none of the other trees were evidencing it. In other words, their leaves weren't turning, right? Uh, and they were just kind of still. But the birch tree, I assume because its leaves are really small or whatnot, the birch tree, the leaves were fluttering, and so, you know, you could see the color change, you know, the underside of the leaves. So even from far away, it was really clear that this tree was, was uh, uh, being moved by the wind. And then, of course, was the sound, okay? Just like the scripture says, the sound. I could hear all the leaves of the birch tree wrestling. And immediately, because I was mulling over the scripture saying, Lord, where do you want us to go? Immediately, I just said, yes, God, I want to be like this tree, right? Your spirit blows and the tree is lit up with activity, right? That's what I want to be like. And that's what I want our church to be like. When the Holy Spirit blows, we don't understand, you know, our Western wines want to parse everything and divide everything and have everything in perfect boxes, but that's not how God works. God is. There is some mystery to Him. That's why we love Him, because He's got some mystery. And there's some mystery that God wants to get us real comfortable with in the Holy Spirit. But I know for me, I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I just want to be available to Him. I want to yield to Him. I want to be available. I want to be like that tree. That when the Spirit blows, you know, I light up. You, are you with me on that? Anyone else want that? I don't want to be like that tree. Say, yes, tree. Yes, tree. Yes, tree. I want to be like that tree. Amen. Awesome. Okay? So that's my question for you is, hey, do you want to know more about the person, the Holy Spirit? And uh, how else have I said that? It was, it was genius at midnight last night. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Right? Do you want to know how to bend, how to yield to Him? Do you want to know how to go with 
the flow. Okay, why don't you guys stand up? Stand up. I'm going to ask Josh, pastor, worship pastor, Josh Sturgeon, to come up with his team. And actually, a um, couple thoughts here. First thing is, we want to get Ritesh up here. You guys give a big round of applause for Ritesh. Ritesh has been with us for a few, few months, and uh, he is going back to his native India, and he just feels like there's some purposes of God there. Ritesh has been such an encouragement to us. For those of you who were with us last week, you know, he shared his story. I'm just going to ask you all, just from where you're at, if you guys should just extend a hand towards Ritesh, okay? I'm going to pray for him by laying on of hands. That's what it says in the Bible to do. We just want to send him on his way in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for Ritesh. Yeah, we recognize the gifts that are in this man. Gifts of teaching, gifts of a passion for the Lord, gifts of evangelism, God, gifts of a real love for the saints, God. And we just thank you for him. And we are believing that there's some destiny for him as he goes back to home for a few months, God. And as he's trying to hear, hey, what's the next thing? You know, how's, how's the wind blowing for me? What's the next thing that you're needing me to do? So, Lord, we bless Ritesh. God, we bless Ritesh. We ask, God, for you to pour out your spirit, give him wisdom and guidance. Uh, be with him on every plane, every train, every automobile. Command your angels concerning him, Lord, that he would be safe and all his belongings would be safe. We're praying for salvation in his family, Lord. We think of Cornelius in the book of Acts and how his whole household got saved. We're praying the same thing for Ritesh, knowing that most of his family aren't yet followers of the Lord Jesus. We bless our brother. We send him out and we look forward to a good report. We look forward to the good report of what God's going to do in his life, in his family, in his state in India. We just release this in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said amen. Amen. You guys give a round of applause. One thing that we're really about here at the harbor uh, is... Uh, just giving room to respond, okay? Because the word comes, and we want to be people who respond, okay? And there's all sorts of, there's a wide range of responses. You know, the Bible talks about the still, small voice of the Lord. So actually, what we're going to do here in a second, if Josh is okay, we're just going to wait on the Lord for a second. And, um, and, you know, you just, in the silence, you just say, Lord, what are you saying to me? And often, just a little seed that God will deposit in your heart is something you need to um, uh, obey, so we're, we're going to wait on him in a second, and yeah, let's just do that first. Lord, we just ask, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are in the still, small voice, and you illuminate our hearts, and we just want to not rush through everything, but we want to say, Lord, what do you have for us? So Lord, we just wait on you. things kind of come to mind uh, right off the bat. First is, um, earlier on when I was talking about the vision and how God's given us this Isaiah 42 vision um, about um, how a bruised reed he won't break and a smoldering wick he won't snuff out. If that's you today, if you just feel like a mess, you know, (laughs) in your walk with the Lord, you know, you kind of ruined it or whatever. And right here, there's this little harbor sign. I'm going to ask our college pastor. John Prickett's going to be here. You just gather around him. And he's going to pray over you. That God would, like that hymn that I mentioned, that God will, 
his, his blaze will burn again in your heart. Okay, and he will re- restore you. It's what God loves to do. He's not, he's not angry with you, right? He's not disappointed or he's not surprised. He, you know, he may be disappointed. Actually, the word is clear about the Holy Spirit being grieved. But um, his joy is to revive us. Psalm 119 says it all over. The word is what revives us. So you just find John here, over here by the harbor sign. Other thing that comes to mind is, if you are in this room and you haven't ever decided to ask Jesus into your heart and to follow him as a Christian, that would be a faith dare that God would be asking you to respond to. And my pleasure would be to introduce you to this person who's radically changed my life. He's my best friend of all, the person Jesus. You see there's a spiral staircase back there. Sadly, all you balcony people, you can't get down <laughs> because there's a block over your spiral staircase. So if you, any of you guys need to come down, you just come on down. I'm going to be directly opposite where I am right now. And just please give me the privilege of letting me share with you who this Jesus is and introducing you to him, okay? Awesome. We're just going to respond. And you can take whatever posture you want. You just respond with God. We're just going to worship for a few minutes. We won't be very much longer. But if God said something to you, you know, we believe God's a speaking God. If he said something to you, then just respond, you know? It might be a journal entry. You might just have to say, Lord, thank you, you spoke about this. I need to do this, you know? And just write it down. Or maybe there's someone you came with today, and you just want to pray with them. Say, hey, God spoke about this. Can we just pray together right now and kind of seal in my heart? That's all, okay? But you just be yourself with God, okay? We're, we're about that. God's made you. You're beautiful. Just be yourself with him, okay? Amen.